we're back talking football after two week hiatus for Luke, a uh, week hiatus for me. We're back recapping the entirety of the NFC this week. Next week we'll do the AFC, and then following that it'll be time for man. Free agency will have already been here by the time we're done recording in two weeks. Like I said, football doesn't rest until like July. It's crazy. Be back to Luke. How you feeling? I'm sorry about your Eagles. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my prediction then the season wasn't right. But, you know, I don't mind Philadelphia fans suffering a little bit. So <laughs> in that regards, it was the great end of the season. But, yeah, it's looking to be a good off season. You know, you, you get the quarterback hype all over the league. So we'll see which which of those stories holds true and which of those stories it's ah, – why are we even talking about this? There's going to be a lot of those teams when we talk about the NFC South. We need to discuss them. But why don't we start with the NFC East? We'll break this down division by division. So we'll kind of talk about how we felt before the season and then how it happened after. So for me, I did have the Eagles winning the division and the Cowboys finishing second. But you could make the argument this was the strongest division in the league. Uh, there was no team that was under 500. And thanks to the tie, the commanders were 8-8-1. Eight, eight but there, this, this division, what really shocked me was the Giants being as good as they are. I thought they were going to be like a mediocre team, you know, sub-500, like 7-9-1. And, and I thought the commanders were going to be bad because Carson Wentz, at the start of the season, I was not – in him, into him whatsoever. But they finished 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. I, You know, I it's been talked ad nauseum, the Eagles' free agent class. But I think with how weak the NFC is as a whole, I'm not going to be shocked if this is how the NFC East looks next season. Yeah, uh... Yeah, the NFC East was definitely the most surprising division in football this year. I think, I mean, if you look at it, they they blew everyone out of the water in t- terms of total wins in the division. And, um, I mean, my predictions, I got the order of all the teams in the predictions right, but I was nowhere near how many wins I thought all the, the teams in the NFC East were. Um, I had – I actually recorded um, before the season – my record predictions, at least for the NFC. Uh, I had the Eagles at 11 and six. I believe the, yeah, the Cowboys were eight and nine. And where I really blew it was the, uh, I thought the commanders and the giants would both be terrible. Just the way their rosters were constructed. And um, I didn't think Brian Dable could turn this roster into what he actually produced. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be fair, the Giants won a bunch of close games, so it could have easily swung the opposite direction. But, um, yeah. They were not like the Vikings of this year, which is ironic because they took them out in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, NFC East was definitely the most surprising division. I'm happy that I got the order right, but I'm not happy that I didn't get – I didn't foresee all these teams being so dominant throughout the season. I think if I had to make an early prediction, I, I think I'm going to take the Cowboys to win the division. Um, mainly because what is the Eagles defense going to look like? 
They've got one more year on Jalen Hurts' rookie contract, so you could try and bring back as many pieces as possible. But some of those guys are going to be gone, regardless if they're willing to offer money or not, just for a change of scenery or what have you. But I, the Dallas, what Dallas needs to figure out is they need to get C.D. Lamb a complimentary piece. They are going to lose Dalton Schultz and Tony Pollard potentially to free agency. They're both free agents right now. I think that one of them is going to get paid, but the other one I think is going to walk in with Pollard's injury. I won't be shocked that the Cowboys try to get a running back in the draft. I don't think they're going to get by John Robinson. I think he'll be gone by that point, but I think they're going to try and replace um, the running back position because it's paramount to the Cowboys. Uh, Zeke is I look at I hate to say it he, he's he's just he, he's not that anymore he's not it and then Pollard's injury plus him being a free agent I don't know what that'll look like but the core of the Cowboys team is going to be more intact than the Eagles Eagles offense is still going to be really good uh, they'll have Kenny Gainwell probably take over the running back position if I had to guess because Boston Scott and Miles Sanders are both free agents um but I don't see the Giants or Commanders vying for the division just yet. Well, how, do, how do you see the Cowboys and Eagles' power structure in the next season? Yeah, I, I think I'll still go Philadelphia because I know that they're, they'll lose James Bradbury. Um, I know N'Kobe Dean, who they drafted last year, is probably going to take over as their Mike linebacker. And I know they had a bunch of um, old guys like Brandon Graham or whatnot that probably might not make the roster next year, but uh, people have to remember that Philadelphia has great draft stock from all the trades that Howie Roseman's made. It's a great and, point. And yeah, at that number 10 spot, I think they could easily replace that corner and um, fill in a bunch of needs that they might have. And then um, obviously on the Cowboys side, they, they definitely need a number two from CD lamb. Like you said, that that's probably the biggest position need on this team. And also, if they can't – I mean, with Dak's contract, it'll be interesting to see if they could even retain Tony Pollard. Um, but, yeah, I think Dallas is just in, like, financial trouble. And you look at a lot of their free agents that are impending. I mean, Van Der Esch and Anthony Barr are both on the market. So, they might have to uh, replenish at linebacker. Um, they're, Anthony Brown's a free agent. Dalton Schultz – I. I think especially with Dak's contract, I think it's going to be hard for them to retain all these pieces and um, they don't have the draft capital like the Eagles to easily replace that. So I think Philadelphia is still going to be the division winner there. I hadn't even taken the draft picks into consideration. And you're right. The Eagles have two first round picks. They have the uh, 10th overall pick and then they have the 30th overall pick because, oh, that's right, because the Dolphins lost one. So now there's only 31. Mm -hmm. in the first round and then they have one second a third and then they don't have another pick until the seventh round um can the cowboys to your point are currently negative eight million dollars above the salary cap so it's easily fixable but that's still an issue that they're gonna have to work through it's nothing like the bucks right now the bucks salary cap position is terrifying to look at even the Saints, because I love all the rumors that they're trying to sign Derek Carr, but they have, like, the least amount of cap space in the NFL. Yeah, they're actually at 31 with negative 30 million. 
Um, so, look, the, the Bucks. I, I, I think this question was broached in another podcast, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But if you're a fan of a team that has never won a Super Bowl or they won a Super Bowl, say, like, before you were born, would you take winning one Super Bowl and then sucking for the next 10 years? Or would you rather lose a Super Bowl for the next 15 years straight? So you're 0-15 on Super Bowls. I would take the one. As long as I'm alive to see my team win the Super Bowl, I'm taking it, no matter what. I don't care if they suck for the next 50 years. Oh, yeah. My, I, when the Seahawks lost to the Patriots, that shit took a year off my life. So I don't think my body could physically handle losing 15 in a row. So I definitely agree. And, I mean, I'm also a Mariners fan, and I, I've been through a 20-year drought of not making the playoffs. So I could survive not having my team not be good for a while for that one championship. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't care if I'm a loser for the rest of my life. I was the ultimate winner for one year. That's how I see that. And, I mean, let's be honest. I think most organizations would take that nowadays. Like, uh, yeah. But so the Eagles and Cowboys, they have their own issues right now. But I think they're going to be totally fine. Like we said, that the NFC is is the weakest of the two conferences easily. Oh, yeah. What do you see the Giants and Commanders do with the quarterback position? Do you think that either one of them is a sleeper for Derek Carr? Do you think Aaron Rodgers? I I don't think Aaron Rodgers would ever end up here. But, you know, I think the more we hear about it, I think Rodgers is probably gone. Um, How do you see it shaping up for the Giants and Commanders? I think the Giants – I mean, I could see them moving on from Daniel Jones, but I don't think that'll happen just because I've – I saw those reports that he was asking for forty-five million or something ridiculous. Um, if he if that's what he's gonna do, then I, I definitely see the Giants moving on in signing a Derek Carr, uh, trading for an Aaron Rodgers. But I at the end of the day, I think uh, that might have just been like a little move to try and get the Giants to pay up a little bit. So I I think they'll retain Daniel Jones. They have a lot of holes um, all over their defense and offensive lines. So, uh, I mean, I, I'd say the Giants are definitely far away roster-wise from being a Super Bowl contender, but at least they got their coach that knows how to put his players in the right position. So, with Kenny Galladay out, hopefully they'll have more cap room uh, to sign some free agents and fill in those uh, empty positions that they struggled with last year. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see. It'll be an interesting off season for the Giants because if they could fill in those holes, they're going to be a really good team uh, under Brian Dable. And then for Washington, they were a pretty good team last year, and I know they just franchise tagged Deron Payne, so you know their defensive line is going to be one of the best in the league once again. Uh, you know they they only have like a hole at linebacker on defense. They have a pretty slept on defense, which is the reason why they were really good last year with Taylor uh, Taylor Heineke. And, I mean, you, you look at them, they got a great receiver core. They drafted Jahan Dotson last year, Terry McLaurin, of course, and they have Curtis Samuel. Uh, their offensive line's actually shaped up to be pretty decent, I'd say. They could definitely use some interior pieces and maybe a, a, a better threat at tight end. I, I love the way Brian Robinson's playing, but, yeah, they're – 
I mean, just throw a quarterback in there like Derek Carr, and I think they could potentially sneak into a wild card. And, uh, yeah, I think Washington's in a really good position, even more compared to the Giants, just because I think them having Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke really affected them last year. And I think now with getting Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator, A, I, I have a sneaky feeling that he's the head coach in I can definitely see Ron Rivera being fired if the season doesn't go right. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan Snyder's sort of kind of trying to sell the franchise, except to Jeff Bezos. I don't quite know what's going on there. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think that they are a team that's a quarterback away from being a true contender. And in a weak conference, seven playoff positions, I will not be shocked if they take the Giants' spot. Um, but, yeah, I think as of right now, I've got the Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, and then Giants. I think the Giants just have more holes to fill than the other teams do. If they can get if they can get Jones on a respectable contract and get some receivers to help him out, I think that they're going to be just fine. And I need to see a deep dive analysis on what happened with Kenny Galladay. Because he was the second coming of Megatron back when he was in Detroit. And then he got the money. And I believe the stat was he made about a million dollars per catch because he only caught like 15 balls. (laughs) It's just very weird. Very weird situation. But that's the NFC East. I I think we're both in agreement. It'll probably still be the best division in the NFC I don't know if it'll contend for the best division in the in the entire league, but I feel pretty confident putting my money on it, having the most wins in the NFC again. Uh, moving on to the NFC West, this was the division I got the most right, but also the most wrong, because most people pegged the Rams to win the division again. Um, I did not. I had the Niners winning it. Uh, it's being one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I got that one completely wrong. So while I got the Niners right, I got the Rams right. The Hawks and Cardinals were flip-flopped. I thought the Cardinals were going to be a mediocre team. And uh, I was looking at the standings earlier today, and I'm still shocked that Arizona finished 4-13. I get that Kyler got injured, but they were 1-8 at home. So they only won one game at home. They were 3-5 and five on the road. I... I I don't know if there's a worse situation in the NFL than the Cardinals right now. Oh, yeah. And the problems you see with the Cardinals right now are what I foresaw before this season. Because, I mean, the Cardinals' record prediction actually hit spot on before the year. I said they're going to be 4-13. The only teams I got wrong uh, in this division was the Rams and the 49ers, which I could uh, speak on a little later, but... Yeah, Arizona, when you looked at their defense, they had no names at corner, no names at line. Well, I guess two first-round linebackers and Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. So they're they're known names, but they're nowhere near good linebackers in the NFL. And then I really whiffed on Simmons. I thought he was going to be really good for the Cardinals, and he has not been that for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he played a little nickel corner, but – that's not where he needs to be playing. He needs to be 
he needs to I, – I don't know where you put him. He's like one of those guys that is Cam Chancellor-sized but doesn't play like Cam Chancellor. So he's a he's an interesting little prospect they got. But, yeah, they're, they just don't have anyone on defense. And they're – and aside from Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, they really don't have anyone. Their third and fourth best players, Byron Murphy and Zach Allen, are both impending free agents. This is – rounding up to be the by far the worst defense in the NFL next season. And I know they hired Gannon from the Eagles. I mean, I'll wait to see how he is as a coach to um, give an opinion on him. But yeah, we didn't talk about that. How do you feel about two coaches that were one, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles kind of getting exposed in the Super Bowl? Um, how do you feel about the coaching hires by the Colts and Cardinals? Because I, I thought that it was almost like a necessity more than yeah, I like that hire for those teams. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I know Gannon has performed well all year, and I watched like a little video. Um, uh, I a guy on TikTok I saw had like a little analysis of how Gannon got exposed in the Super Bowl and. Uh, that that's one credit to Eric Bieniemy is he saw the flaws in Gannon's defense when they did motions all over the field in man coverage, and that's why they had Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore wide open for touchdowns. So I we'll have to see if Gannon could fix little things like that. Um, he's because the Chiefs did that twice. He's that kind of just proves that he might not be the best coach at adjusting but yeah I think I mean especially now that Kyler Murray's out for the first half of the season I think Arizona's running away with the number one pick next year I'm with you there I I, I'm looking at all the teams right now and I don't I don't think there is a bleaker future for a team aside from maybe the Bucks and the Rams but with those two teams you got a Super Bowl for going all in and like this is the price that you have to pay for going all in the way that they did so I think that they'll take that trade off um but I think the team that I'm the most bullish on it's the Hawks they've got two first round picks they've got I believe the fifth or sixth overall pick thanks to the Broncos give me a reason why this team won't have double digit wins next year in this conference in this division no, it's setting up so well for them, especially because they got – I mean, the two rookie tackles they drafted had over a 1,000 snaps. So that's such valuable experience. So, I mean, they'll probably have two franchise left and right tackles for God knows how long. Um, we'll have to see if they re-sign Gino. That's the, probably the biggest piece of this team having double-digit wins next year. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, looking at this team – they have holes at the defensive line position, uh, a couple corners uh, that need to be improved, and definitely the linebacker position. I mean, all over the defense has a bunch of holes, but they have more than enough cap room and draft capital to fill in those holes. So I only see it going up from here, and then the rookies that they drafted last year just getting even better next year. So it, there's no reason the Hawks shouldn't win double digits next year. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting season for me, and uh, we'll have to see what they do in the off season. Because if they, 
if they don't do anything, then I'll, I'll be a little concerned about the defensive side of the ball, especially because we lost our um, defensive assistant, Sean Desai, is now the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. So we'll have to see how that goes. If you want the if you want to play the disrespect card already, um, they have the same odds to win the Super Bowl as the Chicago Bears do. <laughs> wow, the Bears have a whole defense to fill up. They have by far the worst defense in the NFL last year. I I don't get that. Here here are teams that have better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Hawks, the Rams, the Browns the Raiders, the Steelers, the Panthers, the Titans, and the Colts. The Hawks are only ahead of the Commanders, who we both just talked about. I think are going to be pretty decent. The Falcons, the Cardinals, and the Texans. I insulted the Hawks last before the year started, but I got on the bandwagon like a quarter of the way through the year. I, I might put in a ticket for the Hawks to win this division because – the 49ers who did win the division, they were finished with a win streak of 10 uh, to end the year. We're 13-4. and four. I think the only thing barring 49ers from repeating is health luck and who the hell is their quarterback to start the season. I, it's got to be Trey Lance, right, if he's healthy and good to go. You can't invest three first-round picks in him and not try to make it work. Yeah, I think it's a perfect scenario for Trey Lance to start because even though he's coming back from injury, you drafted him for that dual threat ability. So when you know you have Brock Purdy sitting right behind him, that's um, way more than serviceable to run that offense. You might as well just run him into the ground and uh, see what you could do because you invested way too many picks to not utilize Trey Lance at all. Um, So they'll definitely have to um, start with him at quarterback and – uh, it'll be interesting because, you know, there's big pieces like Emmanuel Mosley, Mike McGlinchey. Um, I mean, I, I'd say those are the two biggest pieces that they need to re-sign, but with all the defensive talent they had – oh, and Jimmy Ward, that's another name I forgot. I mean, they – I don't know where the Niners stand cap-wise in the league, but I know they have too much young talent to pay, and um, I – I wonder if those are definitely holes that they'll have to fill in the next offseason. So, yeah, we'll have to see. I think they won't be as good next year, um, but they'll still be a playoff team. And I I definitely see this division being a close battle between the Seahawks and 49ers. Niners currently at 17 with $1.2 million in free cap. So between restructuring, letting some guys go, re-signing – I think they'll be just fine. Having a quarterback with no contract um, is pretty nice right now. So, yeah, I think it's a two-headed race between the Hawks and the 49ers because I – the Rams just – the Rams – what happened to the Rams was going to happen one of these years where their key guys get injured and they have absolutely nothing behind them. Cooper Cup goes down, Stafford, Donald – uh, Jalen Ramsey is cooked, in my opinion. They're trying to trade him off, but I don't know who who would trade for him and what they would trade for him because he sure as hell isn't worth a first or second round pick anymore, in my opinion. If it wasn't for Joe Burrow having negative time to uh, stand up and make a throw 
Uh, Jalen Ramsey would have been on a blooper reel for one of the worst plays in the Super Bowl ever because Jamar Chase put him on skates and Jalen Ramsey would have been watching Jamar Chase run into the end zone for a touchdown lying on the ground. Uh, I'm not salty about that at all, but how do you see the Rams next year? I think they're at best a mediocre team, like an eight and nine team, but that's it. I don't see them winning this division. I don't see them rebounding from five and 12 to go 12 and five. Yeah. They're not going to be a good team next year. And, you know, they got their Super Bowl and they sold their soul for it. So it'll be worth it. But I mean, Bobby Wagner just asked to be released by the team. So now you got a whole linebacker and he signed a five-year deal. So that just shows that that leader of that defense has no faith in getting a ring here. Um, it's almost – I wonder if they're almost just going to blow this team up. I mean, they're, they're already talking about trading Ramsey because, quite frankly, they have one of the worst O-lines in the league. They're a Cooper Cup injury from being – from having the yeah, worst wide receiver core in the league. Matt Stafford's getting old. Like, I, I kind of feel bad for Aaron Donald. Like, just the whole team. I mean, don't get me wrong. They'll, if Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup stay healthy, they'll win games because those players are huge game changers. But the rosters as a whole are just terrible. So I I don't see how Los Angeles is going to have a good, good season next year and um, totally revamp this roster to be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Baker Mayfield will come in and save him. <laughs> you want a Heisman, so he's due. He's due. That's fact. And also Cam Akers, my least favorite player in the NFL, for doing nothing for me in fantasy football for the first 10 weeks and then being, like, the RB3 for the last seven weeks. So thanks for that. Just completely torpedoed my season. No big deal. All right, yeah, that's the NFC West. The I think it's going to be very, very top-heavy. You're going to have the Niners and Hawks at the top and the Rams and Cardinals being in the bottom. Um, the NFC North is going to be a very intriguing division. I don't think anyone is going to take the Vikings to win the Super Bowl or to win the division. They're currently at plus 4,000. The, <laughs> the Lions already have better odds. The Lions are at 35-1. to 1. The Vikings are at 40-1. to 1. And I think that's about right. We saw the Lions at the beginning of the season have an amazing offense. They took the Hawks, I think, what, 45 to 44 um, without three of their best skill players. They've got the weapons. Jared Goff is more than capable as a quarterback. Their offensive line might be the most underrated unit in the entire league. And their defense from, I think, week 10 on, was one of the better units in the league. And if they had just won one more game, they would have been in the playoffs. Um, I think the Lions are going to be one of my favorite teams to watch this year. And I might, I don't know if it's going out on a limb anymore because they're probably the favorite to win this division given Aaron Rodgers most likely leaves the North. But I think, I think the way I see it's going to be Lions, Vikings, and then, Packers and Bears, I, I, I don't see the Bears rebounding much this year, but I think – I don't think they'll be as bad as they were last year. Yeah, um, that's exactly how I see it. I mean, the Vikings got 
extremely lucky the last last year. I mean, look, I mean the Bills game was the exact summary of the Vikings the whole season. Just getting a cheap safety or uh, insane Justin Jefferson catch just saved their games out of nowhere. Um, they had the largest comeback of all time against the Colts. It was a roller coaster ride for the Vikings, and you could only get so lucky in a season. And yeah, like the team is. The roster is just very old. You look at their defensive line. I mean, Zadarius Smith and uh, Dalton Thompson, Daniil Hunter are far veterans in this league. Um, they don't have any young talent on that defense. Uh, Michael Kendricks comes to mind. Uh, Jordan Hicks, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson. It's just a defense full of a bunch of old guys that are only going to deteriorate Deteriorate over time at this point and I mean you're probably going to lose Garrett Bradbury in free agency um, which doesn't help the interior of that offensive line because it's already pretty bad and Kirk Cousins was running for his life all year so it and on top of that who do you have behind Justin Jefferson for wide receiver now because I think Adam Thielen is cooked uh, I don't know. I, I view KJ Osborne kind of like how I view Gabe Davis, where they're going to have a couple of plays in the season that are just incredible and amazing, but they're going to disappear more often than not. And I think between Thielen getting old, <laughs> Jalen Rager is their wide receiver four right now. <laughs> um, he's not going to be the answer for a wide receiver two. Maybe Osborne does step up. Um uh, TJ Hawkinson, who they added midway through the season, was, I think, one of the more underrated trades. He definitely helped stabilize this offense. But I believe Alexander Madison's a free agent now. So with Cook being an injury risk, I think this Vikings offense could be worse this coming year unless they add another wide receiver. Oh, yeah. And – uh also, to add on to the defensive side of the ball, I think their first two picks last year were Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth, and they both got injured pretty early. So, I mean, you pretty much have – they lost on their rookie year to gain experience, and then you don't have a pass catcher outside of Justin Jefferson. That And, you know, I, I know they added TJ Hawkinson, but at this point, you know, you don't have an O-line to help Dalvin too much. Um, you don't have receivers outside Justin Jefferson – uh, to open up the passing game, I know T.J. Hawkinson's a threat, but he's not gonna—he's not like a crazy tight end that's gonna thread the needle for those other two options. So, I mean, they'll—they'll they'll probably be like a eight and nine, nine and eighteen, but I—I I just don't see the luck in uh, that they had this past year happening again, and with all the pieces that they're losing, and or not really losing, but just. All their pieces are getting super old, so I just don't think it's going to be a very good team next year. I think they'll be a lot like what the Raiders were this year, and the Raiders were the Vikings of 2021, where they won all their one-possession games, but I think now that's going to go the other way this year. I don't I don't see this being a double-digit win team. Um, yeah, they're just – they're old. Their pieces – they're just, they just they don't have a whole lot on offense, and that's how they were able to win most of their games because their defense was terrible. And I don't see them 
patching a defense. Now, getting Brian Flores, I think, is a great step to having a better defense. But you also need the pieces to make the defense work. Um, I, fortunately for them, they really only have to contend with the Lions, in my opinion, because the Packers. Let's just let's just act like Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. I don't know where he goes. Um, I think he would hope to go to the Jets, even though it'd be following Brett Favre's footsteps. <sighs> the Packers were the team that I missed on the most this year because I thought it was going to come down to their defense being incredible. They simply didn't make enough moves on the offense for me to feel very confident that they were going to be like the Chiefs. I did compare the situation to the Chiefs. They both lost their best weapon on offense. Um, But I thought that they would be able to do enough between the running game with Dylan and Jones and a supposed great defense, at least name-wise great defense. But that defense was one of the biggest letdowns in the entire season. Um, And now you've got a quarterback coming in who's played, I think, two or three games total. I don't, I don't, I don't hate this. I don't hate the Packers team, but I think their win total is going to be around like six and a half, seven and a half. I think that's about right. I don't see this team being terrible, but I don't see them being good either. Yeah. I, I luckily got the prediction for them. Uh, right this past year, I thought they'd go nine and eight. Um, was it eight and nine they went? I believe they went eight and nine. Yeah, so one went off. Um, but most of that was due to um, the Packers having a hard schedule. So I, don't, I was kind of surprised that more they lost because of how bad this defense was. Because I thought it was going to be because they they were going to be in a bunch of low scoring games without Devontae Adams having any receiving threats. But that was far from the case. It was mostly this defense was just terrible um i mean they couldn't stop a nosebleed in the run game uh they <laughs> i forget their d coordinator's name but i know zach hates him but they I believe it's brain- mike. Is, it, is it mike Penn still no it's like it's like joe something oh no it's joe barry that's right yeah, joe barry yeah he, he's one of those guys that runs that stupid fangio system that just gives oh, up Penn was there a long time ago would it um, my mind is stuck in 2020. Yeah, it, and plus, I mean, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage had terrible seasons. Um, their linebacker play wasn't good. I mean, I think Quay Walker was probably the biggest, one of the worst first-round picks of this year. Um, this defense is not looking good schematically, but they do have pieces that could right. potentially be really good. So, I mean... Rodgers or Jordan Love, I, I think I, I'm a fan of Jordan Love coming in. I don't think he's going to be that bad, honestly. I think he's actually going to be kind of – he's going to be pretty good. He's got a young option in Christian Watson, which will be really good. Um, obviously, they'll need to add more threats. We'll see if Romeo Dubs breaks out. But, I mean, they have the offensive line in place. They have uh, the running back in place in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um you know, Jordan Love's got some pieces to work with, so it'll be exciting to see him play next year if they trade Rodgers. Um, but, yeah, I, this defense either needs to improve schematically or also improve more talent in the back end and up front to stop the run. So 
Um, I think it, I think they'll be in the same boat of, of the, as the Vikings. Um, you know, a team that will win games, but they have flaws where I don't see them overtaking Detroit in this division. I'm with you there. And as for the Bears, they were terrible this past year. I think they trade down from the first overall pick. Justin Fields will be electric, and they'll be five and twelve. Yep, they it, they have so many holes to fill on defense. They don't. I mean, maybe Eddie Jackson. It might probably be the only threat. I know they have another good safety, but they have bad corners. They have bad defensive linemen. They have no pass rush. They have terrible linebackers. I mean, Matt Eberflus needs some pieces to run his defense. And I I don't know what their GM's doing, but they got to get rid of that number one pick because they, a Jalen Carter or Will Anderson is not going to fix that defense. You got too many holes to fill. And it kind of sucks because I know there's been arguments to trade Justin Fields, which is actually a pretty good point because. I mean, next year is going to be another wasted year under his rookie deals, and then all of a sudden he's in his fourth year, and your defense isn't solved. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but it, it kind of sucks because they kind of wasted the opportunity of having Justin Fields on a cheap deal because by the time they fill in all the holes in this roster, it's pay-up time. Exactly. They, they did the opposite of what the Jags did for Trevor Lawrence last year because the Jags, if I'm not mistaken, they're pretty strapped to the cap. Yeah, they're at 30th overall. They're, at, they're in the hole right now, the Jaguars. The Bears have <laughs> the Bears have $100 million in cap space to spend. So unless they go absolutely bonkers in free agency in a couple of weeks, I could see them. I could see a world where they trade down for the number one overall pick and trade Justin Fields in the hopes that they get – um, uh, Williams next year is it Chase Williams out of USC? Oh, uh, Caleb Williams. terrible Caleb Williams. That's right. Yeah. Um, because I think from all from everything that I've been hearing, and I don't follow college football that much, I hear that he's not quite on the Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning scale, but he's the best prospect that people have seen in. He's one of the best that they've seen in the last few years. He will be the one-on-one for sure. Um, so I could see them trading away Justin Fields. I don't anticipate them doing that, but you're right. They're probably going to waste his rookie contract. And then after that, they're going to have to pay him something. And you, you might just be putting your team in purgatory with a QB on a rich contract and nothing to show for it. Uh, because every other team that we've seen so far in the last few years, they've gone all out. I'm actually shocked. The Bengals are at sixth with the most cap space. They have $35 million in cap, and I expect them to have more than that due to some moves that they're making. But um, most teams we see on a quarterback rookie contract, it hasn't worked out that well. It's been the teams that get the veteran quarterback and then end up winning. On this, their second or third contract, obviously we saw Brady, Stafford, Mahomes wasn't on his rookie contract when they won this year. The last time it happened was Mahomes on his, I think he would have been on his third or fourth year of the rookie contract. So I, 
the Bears are interesting for the offseason, but for the regular season, I don't see them being compelling whatsoever, aside from a Justin Fields 60-yard run for the for a touchdown. Uh, what, what do you think about the rumors of the Bears potentially trading for Lamar Jackson? How do you see that? I've seen that trade floated around, but I don't see how it helps either side. And we'll talk about the Ravens next week. Um, I, I think you and I are in the same boat that Lamar Jackson not being paid is ludicrous right now. I don't know if I like Lamar Jackson going there just because, like I said, they have too many holes to fill. And then you already have, I mean, Justin Fields has a long way to go as a passer to be on Lamar's level, but he's almost damn near better of a runner than Lamar Jackson, which is saying a lot. So the fact that you have that on a rookie deal, um, I would probably just go with Justin Fields instead of Lamar Jackson. But um, yeah, it's absurd that the Ravens haven't done anything about that because quite frankly, Lamar Jackson is a generational talent and they will screw up by not re-signing him. And it looks like it's heading that way, but we'll talk about that next week. All right. We put, we put it off for long enough. Let's, let's um, talk about the NFC South. Uh, I hate all of these teams. I like Carolina, but, because I, we could talk about Carolina first, but you, when you really look at Carolina's roster, they're a quarterback and another threat outside of DJ Moore from being a really good contender in the NFC. I think so. It'll really depend on their off season, but I, like you said, I don't like the rest of these teams in the division. Yeah. So to start off, two of these four teams are the bottom two in cap space. The Saints have gone $29 million over the cap, and the free agents hasn't even started. The Bucks are almost $60 million over the cap. And then we've got the Panthers are $4 million over the cap. And the Falcons actually have the second most space available at $66 million. I think what could change this division real quick is if the Falcons actually make a play for Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think he would instantly – I think if any of these teams get a respectable quarterback, it's their division to lose. Because right now we've got Kyle Trask in Tampa, Sam Darnold in Carolina, uh, Jameis, I believe, is a free agent, Andy Dalton – and then Desmond Ritter. Marcus Mariota has been released by the Falcons. So those are your quarterbacks for the entire division. I I do lean the Panthers with you just because I think their defense is, while it's young, they've been getting better. They could have won this division last year if they knew how to close out the Bucks. The Saints, they've got so many bloated contracts and absolutely nothing to show for it. They, they were kind of a low-key version of the Rams and the Saints, or not the Saints, but and the Bucks, to the point now where they've got just so many older guys on contracts that are gross. Derek Carr, supposedly, this is a destination for him. I don't know why you'd want to go here. I don't love Dennis Allen as a head coach. I love Chris Olave. I love Andy Dalton. But those... I mean, look, Andy Dalton, I understand he's not a great quarterback. So uh, he's not a factor in their favor. But 
what does this team have? Their defense played okay at times last year, but it's not the defense of a couple of years ago. The Bucks, they went all in. They got their Super Bowl, which is fantastic, but they have no quarterback. Traska, they have nothing to show for them. I, I think it's going to be the Panthers and the Falcons. I, I do love uh, Arthur as head coach for the Falcons. I love Frank Reich. Made that abundantly clear. Um, but I think that at best, these teams finish at nine and eight, maybe ten and seven. If Lamar Jackson goes there, I'm taking the Falcons in a heartbeat. So I might make a quick bet on the Falcons to win the Super Bowl just based on them potentially getting Lamar Jackson because they're currently 90-1 to to win the Super Bowl. And I think if Lamar Jackson goes there, those odds go up by like 75%. You've got the Panthers at 70-1. to And then the ugh, the Saints and the Bucks are 35-1 to and 40-1. to I don't like any of those odds. Uh, yeah, that's how I see this division shaking out. I think I'm just going to assume that Lamar goes here. So I'm going to take the Falcons to win this division right now. And then I'll take the Panthers to finish second. And to be honest, I don't really care about the Bucs or the Saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the Falcons get Lamar, I think the Falcons by far have the best offense in the league. Because um, you already look at their pieces. They – I mean, if you look at PFF, they probably have the best run blocking O-line in the league. Um, so your O-line's already set. I know they might have to re-sign Caleb McGarry, but it's not like they're in capital hell like the Saints or the Buccaneers. Uh, and you don't blame yeah. Kyle Pitts for last year, I assume. Because I yeah. don't blame him for his abysmal year last year. Yeah, I don't either. Because you got the Twin Towers and Kyle Pitts and Drake London that are only going to get better. Maybe they could use a better number two, but they already have two elite athletes to throw to with that O-line. And not to mention, um, Tyler Algier was one of the most slept-on rookies last year. I think his um, rates per rush were absolutely insane. And along with Cordero Patterson, they have a good one-two punch together. So this offense is definitely shaping up to be one of the best in the league if they sign Lamar. The only question is their defense because they do have a lot of holes that they'll have to fill. Um, at least you have uh, got a, oh, AJ Terrell at corner. That's probably your brightest spot in Grady Jarrett. But this team, I, they got Arnold Abiketti in the draft who I liked last year, but we'll have to see if he improves. But you're going to need to sign pass rushers. You're going to need to improve linebacker play. You're going to need safeties. So. You know, this defense doesn't shape up as well as the Panthers. I, I, I just think the Panthers are a more complete team. But even if they sign Lamar, I'd probably still go with the Panthers. But I still think Atlanta would shatter records on the offensive side of the ball. Especially I mean, if look, There's no reason that the Panthers couldn't try to get Lamar either. They've got the better pick over the Falcons. Yeah, that's definitely a good location for Lamar. I'd say if, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'd say my – Top three options would be Atlanta, Carolina, and New York. Uh, at least the New York Jets, to be specific. But yeah, Frank Reich getting a talent like Lamar Jackson after the crap that he got fed in Indianapolis would be the greatest v- victory 
of my podcasting career because I think I I think I've gone out on a limb and put my claim on Frank Reich as like one of my guys. I've got a few of them. Obviously, Joe Burrow, Andy Dalton, Frank Reich, and I probably got a couple other people that are like my guys. Where I'm just I'm betting my my non-existent podcasting uh, reputation on these guys. So I'm really hoping that he gets Lamar Jackson because that would be an amazing victory for me. Oh yeah, I, I think that's the spot I'd want him to go. So if you, yeah, that that's a good point. That's probably bets to make for the Super Bowl. If you're gonna do it early, it's probably Carolina or Atlanta because if they sign Lamar, they're they they're by far a contender in the NFC. So it it'll be interesting to see where he goes, but. Yeah, this could be. I mean, it would it would help me. It it would be a twofold because one, I think it would cripple the Ravens unless the Ravens somehow get another quarterback. I don't. I think without Lamar, that team is is not. I mean, we saw them; they're not good without him. They play their divisional opponents close. Obviously, the Bengals, both the Week 18 game and then the, the playoff game, was closer than I would have liked in both of those respects. Um, but I think it would make the NFC just so much better if Lamar goes there. As much as I want him to stay a Raven, I do think that he ends up with one of these NFC South teams. I just hope to God it's not the well, – there's no way it's the same to the Bucks because Saints don't have a first-round pick and the Bucks are – Oh man, they just they can't afford to sign him. So obviously this is all hypothetical. We'll know hopefully in a couple of weeks how that all shakes out. But I think for now, my hierarchy for the NFC is I'll probably take the Niners to repeat. But if I had to pick my seven, I'm gonna go Niners, Hawks, Cowboys, Eagles, Lions. Panthers, and then who would be my seventh team? You know what? I'm going to go – I'll go the Commanders. So those are my seven teams to represent the playoffs in March of 2023. Okay. Uh, For my seven, I think two teams from the NFC South are going to get there. I'm going to go both with Carolina and Atlanta making the playoffs. And – um, when I really think about it, Arthur Smith is on the stepping stone of getting fired. It's when it's the do or die for him. And I, I could see the Falcons going all out for Lamar or someone this offseason. Because quite frankly, Arthur Smith is on the, on the bridge of getting fired. So this is his year. And I think he'll finally have talent to work with. And he's been a slept on coach the last two seasons. So. I'll, I'll go out on a whim and say those two will make the playoffs before draft or anything happens. We'll go with – obviously, I'm going to go with my Seahawks for pride, and I really think with the rookie talent they have, um, I think they could potentially win the West. And I'm definitely going to go with the 49ers because that team is just absurdly stacked, and they have probably the best coach in the NFC in Kyle Shanahan. And then I'll go – I'll go with Philadelphia as the fifth team to make the playoffs. Uh, ooh, definitely Detroit. I'll throw them in there. 
then who else do I want to take for that seventh spot? Yeah, I, I, I know that I seven hate the Cowboys. I know I hate the Cowboys, but I, I just got to eat my pride and take them because that defense is definitely too talented to just neglect them. If they somehow miss out on double-digit wins, I think McCarthy's got to be fired, even though Jones just doesn't like to fire people. Uh, one last thing on the NFC South. The Bucks. I, I'm recalling this from memory, the Bucks' win total to start the season was 12-and-a-half. If you took the over, man, you should probably just stop talking about football because that, that was the biggest red flag for me with this Bucks team because only them and the Chiefs had a win total that high to start the season. And to be honest, they finished 8-9. and nine. I, I talked about it all season. They should have finished 6-11 and 11 or even 5-12. and 12. That team was bad. Yeah, they had zero running game. And I, I definitely fell into the trap and thought they'd be the number one seed in the NFC last year because – I mean, a lot of things went south, like Shaquille Barrett getting hurt and Devin White having a massive regression. And, you know, Tristan Wirfs getting injured, Ryan Jensen getting injured. A lot went wrong with Tampa Bay throughout the year. So if you bet the over, it definitely – there was red flags all over the place to bet that. But um, they talk about probably the most disappointing team in the NFC that really went from being the favorites last season to probably – one of the worst teams in the NFC. It's it's just like the Rams this past season. It's a massive drop-off. I fully expect Mike Evans to get traded to someone this offseason. I don't see him remaining on the box. As sad as that would be, because he's been Mr. Buccaneer for the last decade, it seems. Yeah, that he's. I know people don't want to probably put him in the Hall of Fame conversation, but he's had crazy production and consecutive 1,000 yard seasons so he's definitely in the veteran stage of his career well they'll the Buccaneers will probably gladly trade him to a contender that he wants and um, I, I, I definitely recommend they do that because I think it's time to blow it all up and start a new rebuild and fresh in Tampa Bay yeah there's no harm in doing that you've got your Super Bowl it's a franchise that's won multiple Super Bowls in the 2000s so it's like, yeah, it sucks if you're a Bucks fan now and you're going to be terrible, but you've got Super Bowl champion merchandise to wear for the rest of your life. So you can't be too mad. Um, but, yeah, that's the NFC. It was the least fun conference of the two. Very excited to talk about the AFC next week. But I wanted to give Luke a special shout-out and appreciation for him coming on through the playoffs and then now, as we go into the offseason, continuing to be here, uh, I think it's safe to say you're more than likely a permanent co-host. All right, this is a little bit after the fact. We had a hard cut, uh, technical difficulties. So got cut off in the middle of the sentence, which is not ideal, but we made it through. I uh, just wanted to give a final shout out to Luke. He's been amazing with this and to you guys out there sticking with me through the off season as well. Uh, we'll be coming up with unique topics every week. Um, next week we'll talk AFC. And then after that, I believe it'll be free agency time. So big free agent preview. Um, 
send send me any constructive feedback you guys got on my Instagram at John H Van Dyke. I appreciate you guys all very, very much. And we'll talk next week. And also, episodes will be releasing on Fridays in the off season. So look forward to those. A little something to get you started on the weekend. Positive vibes, guys. Take care.